0: Hey there, it's Craig from the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. Last week I shared on becoming an expert in your field. But for today's show, what if you're not interested in becoming an expert in your field or your job? What if you've lost your energy, your zest to work where you do? Join me talking about how to fall back in love with your job up next on Career Growth Made Easy. I was an engineer, and in 2008, lost my job due to the economic collapse. Jobs were scarce. I didn't know where to turn to get help updating my resume. Online services and coaches charge hundreds, even thousands of dollars. I took matters into my own hands and learned how to craft interview-winning resumes. Shortly later, I landed a job with a Fortune 500 company. I have helped many achieve similar success. Now I share my tips to create interview-winning resumes, interviewing excellence, and high-performance growth strategies on my podcast, Career Growth Made Easy. Hey there, it's Craig Ansell with the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. Welcome back. I hope today's show topic, How to Fall Back in Love with Your Job?, interested you. Maybe it hit a nerve. It struck a nerve. When I think about that topic, some of these phrases come to mind and maybe they do for you as well. Job satisfaction, job evaluation, ah, self-evaluation. And then how about alignment of goals? And then finally, if I were to ask you, working for a purpose, but whose purpose? Right? Then there's also, are you being recognized? I'm going to go over a number of those things today and see if they strike a chord with you. Some of those phrases certainly did with me. As I've been able to travel around and meet with people, do some mentoring, some coaching, and also speak at certain corporations, I've been fortunate to hear a lot of feedback about some people that really enjoy their jobs, feel they're being well-respected, well-paid, and others not the case. So that made me think about today's topic, how to fall back in love with your job. I would say going back, all the way back to when you got hired, can you remember that day? Maybe it was just moments ago. Maybe you just got your first job. Maybe you've recently switched jobs and you were just hired in. Or perhaps you're more seasoned, more experienced, and you've been in your role for five or ten years. I know it can vary. But thinking back to that day, do you remember the application process? Do you even remember why you applied for that specific job? If you're speaking back to me, I'm sorry I can't hear you, but some of you are probably saying, well, Craig, duh, I needed income. I needed a job, so I needed money. Yeah, I get that. That can be the base, the base need that we have, right? We need money, money to survive. In reality, why did you pick that particular job? Many jobs are available today. It's here we are in february twenty twenty three. As I've traveled the United States, many job openings in airports, in public facilities, in the private sector, in a variety from hands on work, you know, working out in the field, technical skills to jobs, office jobs, to leadership jobs. There's a number. So why did you take your specific job that you're in today? Do you remember the interview process? Were you excited, almost giddy inside, kind of nervous? Like, wow, I hope I get picked. Yes, I need the job and I want the money. But what drove you to that specific company and that specific role? That's really what today's show is about. In order for you to have job satisfaction and even be more than satisfied with your job and your role, I think we need to go back and remember why we applied in the first place and what drove us to that company as well as to our role. There might have been specific things you heard about, you believed in with that role or with that company. Maybe they had a certain reputation in the industry or in your community. Maybe they were involved in helping out in the community besides doing their professional work. And maybe that's what turned you on. Did you have a friend now, a colleague refer you to that company? What were the things they said? What did they talk up? And what were they concerned about? Did the pros of working at that company outweigh the cons? So, I'm pausing at times just to allow you some time to think about this. But job satisfaction is absolutely critical in us being happy with our roles and performing at our utmost. At least this is what I believe. That leads us to that other topic I brought up in the intro, job evaluation. We many times get evaluated by our jobs through our supervisors and our management. We get told what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, and hey, there should be some areas of improvement recognized. Sometimes that doesn't go over so well, though. It usually is around the time when you would get your performance review, or that is your performance review, which means it's tied to your monetary increases, your pay increases. Hearing things that are positives, yes, it's great. We all need to hear them from time to time. It helps us drive forward and realize we're doing the correct things in our role. But hearing negatives that can hurt for sure, especially if your supervisor or leader that is um, providing you this information isn't as well-polished as others delivering that type of information. That leads us to, after your strengths and after your weaknesses, that leads us to, hey, where are your learning opportunities? So I would take a look at your weaknesses. And after you've let your emotions die down, especially if there were a few stingers in there, right? If there were some really assertively really strong negative comments that you thought this year this per- this uh, performance review period you did really really well but you just had a few negatives that really irritated you it's not good to work when you're in an emotional state we all know that but sometimes it's difficult to actually come through and process that and cool down and calm down but if you're able to do that Take a look back at your performance reviews and see where your areas of strength are so that you should continue those, but then your areas of weakness, hence being areas you should have training on. The training doesn't always have to be within your company, by the way. You can go ahead and seek that outside of your company, on your breaks or on your time off at home. There are so many ways, pathways, I would say, to gaining information now. I think it's EDU, oh, geez, uh, EDUX, is it? I'll have to look it up and, and get back to you on that. But even in one of my prior shows, there are large colleges, universities, such as Harvard, that have free educational programs online. You basically go through the same content as my understanding that a paid student would. However, you don't take the actual tests. And of course, if you were to complete the course, you're not going to have a degree because you didn't attend the formal classes, but you'll have access to the same learning information. I just believe it's without the testing, without access to the teacher, and of course, the final exam, therefore, not getting your degree. But a lot of people can be self taught and get self help this way. I've done this for years. Books are my pathway, along with some research and studying on the Internet. But back back to today's show, though, about falling back in love with your job. You can't do that if you don't remember why you applied. What drove you there in the first place? What was your recommendation or reference? Then there's that besides you being evaluated by your company, you can do self-evaluation Sit down on a break or on some of, time off, some of your time off and say, what really triggers me that makes me happy or I feel good about my company, the job, the role that I play? Are there specific times during the day or week or month that my role changes and I really enjoy doing this over that? Is there something that just makes me feel a little happier inside? If so, like I briefly talked about on my prior show, becoming an expert in your field, that inner gut feeling, that gut check, that warmness, that richness, could be a sign that you are trending towards that area of interest, working towards becoming an expert or liking that in your field. So that can be a positive alert that you might want to tr- to work on that more and see if you can be more involved in that area to enjoy your job more, hence slowly becoming on the tr- the path back to falling in love with your job. I remember now. What I was speaking about was edx.org. That's edx.org. And I would say it's like a free online courses by large universities such as Harvard, MIT, and others. So check out edx.org if you're looking for some free education online. Now, another topic I mentioned in the intro, alignment of goals, okay? You can have goals. Yes, Craig, it's to work and make money. I got it. On a monotone level, I get it but we're not there. That's not what we're doing. It's about our passions inside. If they're covered over and buried over with dirt and dust from just working the mundane job, that's a problem. That can lead to job dissatisfaction. That can lead to unhappiness. That can lead, uh, in extreme cases, to depression, anxiety, fear, stress, not even wanting to go into your job. If those feelings are starting to happen to you, that is clearly a red flag. Stop and think about it. Can you uncover the root cause, the main reason or reasons why you're feeling the way you are? With alignment of goals, what I'm talking about right now is making sure your goals as the employee align with those of your employer and more specifically your job role, your job function. Especially for those that have been in their jobs for quite some time, months or years, we can become comfortable dare I say, complacent. It becomes kind of easy to do our jobs and we almost go on a sense of autopilot. If you're in that role for a long period of time and you've been doing tasks or activities on certain days and kind of forget How you completed that activity or weren't aware that you just performed a process or procedure, that's what I'm talking about. That's when your brain goes into autopilot mode because you've done it so routinely, so regularly that you're not fully engaged and fully focused. On one hand, it's great you got the work done. But on the other hand, it's not so great that you weren't aware of what you were doing. Kind of like autopilot when you drive to work some days and you don't realize how you got there and all of a sudden you're pulling into a parking lot or you're pulling up to a red light, you need to stop suddenly. That has happened to me occasionally, and I know in talking to some of the other listeners it's happened to them. These are just signs that you're in a comfortable area, albeit a complacent area, and it can be some warning signs. But back to looking for your alignment of goals we can do things in our job roles that may not be adding value to our jobs. Yes, it's amazing. We could be doing busy work, feeling that we're actually busy, expending physical energy, mental energy, but at the end of the day, Did it move the needle for our company? Did it move the needle for our job? And did it move the needle for our department when it comes to our manager's goals and metrics? The the quantitative analysis, the numbers behind his company or his role, right? His team has to, or her team, has to perform certain things and get certain things done, make certain metrics, make certain targets. If we're doing busy work, that can be a red flag. So we have to back off and say, the work that we're doing, Yes, it might be hard mentally, physically, but what value is it providing? And that's where we have to step back with a certain level of maturity and with a certain level of emotional intelligence and analyze things. We have to not blame ourselves for the work that we're doing, that we've allowed ourselves to get into this kind of um, a non-value-added slump and take a break from it. Depending on how close you are to your leadership or to your peers, you could set up a brief meeting with them to talk to them. And I would do that separately. Talk to some of your coworkers, your colleagues, your peers, but have a focused agenda when you speak to them. Just say, you know, hey, Craig, listen, we've been working together for quite some time. You know, how do you like your job? And you know, what, what, what do you like about your job specifically? And then you listen to them and you listen caringly and with, with a focus then you ask them a few follow-up questions and you could even ask, hey, what are some of the areas of your job that you find challenging? Essentially what you're asking is what are the areas that are difficult for them or potentially that they don't like? If you align with some of those challenges, you may feel comfortable enough to share that with them. It would be great to have something in common, and that could expand on, hey, why do you think that is that we feel this way about this particular task or this particular activity? Do you think there's ways that we can work together to improve it, to team up on it, so we can overcome this hurdle or this challenge? With regards to speaking to your manager or someone on the leadership team, think about what you want to achieve from this meeting and time the meeting, say 15 minutes, whatnot, just, hey, can I talk to you a minute? and set it up with them. Now, you might want to give them a verbal intro. First of all, go by your manager and ask, hey, I'm going to be setting up a meeting with you. Is 15 minutes okay? Your calendar looks free. They might like that. They know something's coming. And if they ask you about the topic, it's just, just a brief check-in, just to make sure I'm on track with my position, with my job, you know, my performance, something of that nature. But when you meet, you should have an agenda. You should have three or four bullet points, in my opinion, that you'd want to have that you follow through and check off. You want to have focus so that when you ask your questions or share your information, you get feedback and it helps you on your career growth journey. You may have some feedback that you're not prepared for or that you find unexpected. And so therefore, you need to be prepared for negative feedback, right? Hopefully it's constructive, but not in all cases. I've had a variety of supervisors and leaders over the time. Some of them were very short-lived terms and others are very long-term. The short-lived ones were unfortunately job hoppers, or they got let go from companies for performing so poorly, and their metrics, their numbers, their goals were not met. That means our team, our group, wasn't meeting the numbers. But thankfully, upper management saw that those problems occurred when that person came into leadership of our group temporarily. So it's not always going to be the case that they can tie it back to a particular person with weak managerial or leadership skills. But hopefully, you have someone that you can trust and rely on to speak to in management or leadership, and then you can talk to them. Now, on the emotional side of things, you may say, I don't love my job anymore. That's the reality, right? Or you might be more crass about it and say, I hate my job. That might be how you're feeling. But I would recommend against using those emotional words with your supervision or management what you could say is i just wanted to check in to see if you know the way i'm performing the job is acceptable and i'm performing at or above average things of that nature and then get their feedback if you don't like their feedback you usually are welcome to give them counter feedback or to dive into that situation more and ask do you have some particular trainings that could benefit me so that i can understand the position the job the role better or You identified this particular task that I'm not performing as well as others. Could I be paired up with someone to learn their process and gain from their experience so that I could perform more highly for the company? That would give you someone to work with and interface with, hopefully build a relationship with, whether it's either a peer on your team or outside your group, so you can network a little. And you get to gain some valuable experience in interacting with others. We naturally love to be around others. Some of us are introverts being more quiet, and some of us are extroverts where we're more outspoken and could start up a conversation with a tree, right? So how's it going today, Mr. Tree? What a wonderful rain we had. Your leaves look really green. Now, that was <laughs> that was silly, okay? But the point is, some of us just really enjoy talking, and some of us so much so that we start podcasts. It's human nature to want to communicate, at least at some level, and to receive feedback, to be recognized for our abilities our skills, and the tasks that we perform. So as we start to wrap up today's episode, how to fall back in love with your job, I gave you a number of things to just kind of chill and meditate on, right? Stew on. Job satisfaction, job evaluation, your self-evaluation, and then your alignment of goals. Make sure that your goals are also the targets and goals of your company, your group, your specific tasks, the job that you perform. And then I mentioned also working for a purpose, but whose. You need to remember why you're in your role, why you were hired in the first place. There were specific tasks, processes, outputs that they needed from you. So think back to all those things. Find your why again, your purpose. I hope today's episode sparked some interest in you, some creativity, especially if you're a little concerned for your job or disappointed, just kind of running on autopilot. It can help you fine tune yourself and realize what you're interested in and those things that you're not interested in. That can help you on your career path going forward, looking for different roles, different opportunities within your company, as well as out in the job force. You've been listening to the Career Growth Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Craig Ansell. If you like this show, please leave some comments and feedback, Apple, or your preferred podcast player. We'd greatly appreciate it because it helps others know what you think about our show and the value you get from it. Have a wonderful day ahead.